The world may be on fire, but there are changemakers that are even more fired up with a commitment to do some serious good. You're listening to People Making Things Better, where we interview folks who you maybe haven't heard of before, but who are having a big impact on today's issues with the environment, equality, human rights, public health, and more. We're not afraid to ask the tough questions about how they're able to do work that the world needs and still get paid for it. Listen in and get inspired because the world needs you in action too. I'm your host, Bert Westfall, and I'm joined by my co-host, Melinda Jackson. Hi, everyone. We are here with myself, Melinda. I am one of your hosts, and I am joined by my co-host, Britt. How's it going, Britt? Hey, Mel. Hey. So I am super excited to fill you in on the interview from this week, and I'm, I think it's a really good one for all of our listeners. We have just the incredible privilege, I think, of interviewing so many awesome change makers, and I think this person is, is, is no different. Her name is Shivani Choksi, and she created an app called Impaction. And she and I talked about not only about her process of like creating this app and all of the like amazing ways that it connects people who actually want to help to chances and, and opportunities to actually provide that help, but she gave a lot of really good advice and insight just on like what it is that social entrepreneurs need to do from like a, a process and kind of procedural level to really create ideas that are going to be sustainable. Um, so I'm excited for you to hear it and I'm excited for all of our listeners to hear as well. Let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Welcome everyone. This is Melinda. I am here with Shivani Choksi. She is the CEO and co-founder of an awesome um, application called Impaction. So to this special quarantine episode, welcome Shivani. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to have you and I'm so excited about what you're doing without giving away too much up front. I think that the times that we find ourselves in now, like your, what you've created, I think is especially important. And I'm so excited for people to learn more about it. So can you just tell us kind of in summary, what is Impaction and how does it work? Yeah, definitely. So Impaction, Impact Plus Action is essentially a platform that makes it easy for young leaders and business professionals to create a difference in their local communities. So we show that there are more ways to make an impact than starting something from scratch, um, where you can read positive innovation news articles instead of negative news, where you can post ideas on our forum and even solve challenges for real world social entrepreneurs over Skype. Um, So we try to really hone in on the accessibility component where you only need an hour and some internet service and you can make a direct impact in someone's life. I love the way that this has kind of really lowered the barrier to entry for the social Mm -hmm. impact space and for making a difference. I know that before we um, actually got on the interview, we had a chance to talk about just our work and how we view the social impact space and some of the challenges there. So what did you see kind of as some of the challenges um, for people that were maybe wanting to make a difference in their community and didn't feel like they could 
Um, what were some of those challenges you saw and how is it that you incorporated those as you were designing Impaction? Yeah, so that's a great question. So around two years ago, my co-founder Suganya and I met at Ashoka, which is you know a global social entrepreneurs network. And so we had an idea. Essentially, she came up to me and was talking to me a little bit about creating a one-stop shop platform for social impact. And this idea was huge, but ultimately we started to see an idea around creating the impact space more accessible, especially when we started testing the ideas through interviews and surveys with over 200 people in the field. And we started to see patterns where a majority of people, actually 93% of people had an interest in creating a positive social impact but at least 40% didn't believe the current social impact space made it easy to do. So we decided to push our research a little further and understand um, especially how young leaders felt about the more traditional ways of making an impact, like voting and protesting and sharing on social media. And what we found is that a majority found the current ways to be indirect, fragmented, even expensive on their end. Um, all showing that there was a clear barrier to entry that making a difference can be relatively high, especially for the young leader. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you touched on this idea of, you know, 93% of people really wanting and having the desire to make an impact in their community, but just, you know, the, the number of people who don't find it easy, like that's, that's a big problem. Making social change should not be like climbing Mount Everest. It's not, it shouldn't be a thing that very few people think they can do. Even fewer people actually try to do. And then only, you know, the smallest percentage of people like make it to the top. So with what you're doing, I think it's incredible the way you've created this platform that kind of makes it really easy for people to be able to participate. So if I'm a young leader, how do I sign up? And what is that process like? Yeah, so essentially you go onto our website and on the top it tells you a little bit about what we're doing. You can go and understand a little bit about what we offer, the three products that we offer, Innovation News, Idea Forum, and Video Sessions. And it just depends on what you're looking for. You know, are you looking for somewhere where you can advise someone directly on some of your thoughts in the space? Or are you looking to just read positive news instead of negative news? Are you looking to see what types of people are trying to contribute to ideas in the space? Um, so essentially, it just depends. It's very customized based off of your individual um, interests as well. So when you go onto the website on the top, you'll see that there is um, a button that says sign up and then you start going through our onboarding process. So it's not like we vet people who are in our community, but we try to understand a little bit more about you. So we start asking questions about, okay, what sectors are you interested in? So it's very curated to your interests. And then we'll ask you a few questions about what type of social impact do you want to make? Why are you here? Um, it'll ask about what is your what what is the way you that you think? There are four different types of people that we see in the social impact space and how they want to work in the space. So we ask like if you're an implementer, are you do you learn by doing? Are you are you more of a generator where you create connections and discuss ideas? So there are four different types of thinking styles. And 
yeah, ultimately, we just want to know a little bit more about you, um, what types of interests that you have. So people who go on your profile can later see what you're interested in, what you've worked in, what you're looking to achieve in the space, and ultimately just curated to the time, the effort, the energy that you have to put forward in the social impact space. It's so awesome that the platform is so deeply like curated to the individual. You can really create your own unique footprint and based on your interests and your experiences and even like you said, your thinking style, which I think is huge. So how is it that you use Impaction to be able to, to show those who are on the platform about the kind of the effect of their collective efforts? Mm-hmm. So what we do is send out impact reports either quarterly or every six months or so. And what we try to do is show, you know, the amount of people who have participated in our video sessions. Um, And we have three different types of video sessions. And they're either places where, you know, people can interview social entrepreneurs to learn more about their journey, where people can, you know, discuss just an idea or a specific project that they're working on brainstorm a little bit with the community so that's a little bit more conversational and organic and then the third is to you know where entrepreneurs come to us and tell us that you know I need help solving these two challenges Um, can your community help me so that's where you know students and business professionals can give back directly so we talk specifically about like the impact that we're making through that way, through video sessions in particular. And also, I mean, we send out reports about the various partnerships we have, and we also host our own community projects. So the last community project that we had was centered around um an international clothing drive where ultimately we ask people to donate clothes and items of clothing around the world to their respective clothing drives and all they had to do was you know donate and then um, fill out a short survey with us on how many items they donated and where they donated and we had a goal of donating one one thousand items in a month and we ended up donating 1567 or so items in a month. There were people all over the world that um, uh, got their friends and family involved in this effort. We were able to save 1 million gallons of water, reduce carbon emissions by 20,000 pounds. I mean, it was just an incremental change and very tangible, but it showed that there was a very simple way of creating change. So we're trying to increase the level of transparency, you know, that where more people can get engaged and show that they're a part of the difference, even in seemingly, you know, quote unquote, small ways. I love that you said it's like seemingly small, because I think sometimes when we conceptualize what it is that we're doing, we think, you know, oh, okay, maybe donating to a clothing drive isn't a big deal. But when you see those numbers like aggregated in the way that you've been able to through this platform, it's Mm -hmm. like, whoa, wait a minute. Like I was really a part of something that was like so much bigger than myself and created this like amazing change and that it doesn't necessarily take the, well, of of course it takes the big efforts as well, but that everything that we do as individuals like adds up. And I love that your platform is able to show like exactly what that adds up to. Cause I think sometimes that could be a barrier for people not really understanding the bigger picture. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, transparency is huge in that. And if 
people and if the community is is at the center of your mission, you have to be. They they have to be able to follow you and what you guys are doing in order for them to stay engaged, you know, on not only on the platform, but in the social impact space as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much more um, push for a lot more like human-centered design in the social impact space too. But I think just goes to show, again, how important people are to these sorts of causes and how, you know, designing and thinking of the people who are at maybe the root of some of the issues that we're seeing really helps us to create ultimately like more effective and more engaging solutions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, there's no one human, you know, that shouldn't be held accountable. I mean, the narrative is definitely more positive than that. We're trying to show that, you know, we're part of the system. Of course, we're going to contribute to, you know, some of the negative outcomes that we see in the system. But it's also up to us to, you know, not only rely on policymakers and, you know, the top 1% to change things around for us. It's also up to us. And, you know, you can leverage the resources that you have in your community, that you have in your system. Um, And, you know, it's even more accessible now with access to the internet. So um, there's no reason why someone shouldn't participate in the space, especially if they have an interest to, which our data shows that a majority of people do. I could not agree more with that. It is, like you said, imperative on all of us to figure out how we can contribute and that, you know, knowing that all of our contributions matter and that they add up no matter, you know, what socioeconomic class you're a part of or, you know, race, gender, you name it. It's like there's all a place for us to be able to to contribute. Um, let's see. So what are some of the challenges that you face that you and your co-founder faced as you were getting your idea together and as you were actually building um, the platform? What are some of the things that came up for you guys? Yeah, so... Ultimately, um, like the first challenge that we faced was even understanding the clear mission to begin with. So we found that our mission was just too big, you know, where creating a one-stop shop platform for social impact, um, that was a huge mission. You know, what does one-stop shop mean? How many resources, what types of resources do we want to focus in on? And then our customer base was literally like we put everyone in the beginning. <laughs> so it's just, you know, there was a level of idealism in our mission. But yeah, I mean, apart from the mission being really big, um, a second challenge that we had was obviously around, you know, funding and ultimately building the platform in the first place. Um Thankfully, you know, my family was able to provide a loan for me, especially because I was a student. Um, And now that I have, you know, more of like a paid position, um, another job, um, I'm able to not only pay my family back, but put all my savings into impaction. So funding is obviously, you know, that's the foundational challenge that we had. But, you know, the challenge that still keeps me up at night that I never saw coming is, you know, working with just, just working with an incredible team. Um, You know, there's so many things on your mind as an entrepreneur, you know, funding, partnerships, outreach, even more of like the legal frameworks that you have to think about. But one thing that I didn't really think about was that was going to make the most impact on me was learning what it means to truly be on a team. I work with four other women, four other people right now. They 
I mean, they just happen to be some of the most talented and passionate people I know. Um, mm-hmm. And we also, you know, work voluntarily for Impaction right now until we can get it off the ground. So we're all working based off of our shared interest and passion and social impact. But when you're working with a handful of people who are working based off of their interests, you know, it's hard to gauge if or when, you know, that's going to change. Sometimes the interest um, and the passion runs out when life hits you hard and you have to find uh, a paying job. And it's also hard when the team becomes more like a family that you trust with handling the organization. So keeping their engagement, their attention is something that I'm constantly challenged with, especially because I've grown so close to them and our resources are limited. So as, as an organization, so we can only help so much in these areas that, you know, that might limit us. Um, and these limitations, like they keep me up at night. So, I mean, a way to shift this is that you know, the team, working with the team has quickly become my top priority, um, especially in the last three months. And the way that I'm able to work with them and handle managerial tasks with them, it's been very collaborative. There's a few points that you hit on in what you just said, like some really, really awesome nuggets that I think would be good for our listening audience, just because a lot of our listeners are um, perspective social entrepreneurs who are looking to, like you did, create these these really awesome solutions. So I wanted to just go back and like pick apart a couple of the things that you said because I thought they were really really great. So one of the things that you mentioned was um, the idea that your kind of mission was very very idealistic and that your target audience was everyone and it was so big. And I know that you said you had to do some work to really narrow that down. And I think a lot of, you know, I, I, for me and my like journey in the space, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to the idea of having a vision that's so big that it becomes a little bit difficult to then actually implement because again, you're like, well, there's, you know, everybody in the world should be using this. Or I think that, you know, this is something that we can do that like changes the entire like system in terms of how we think about giving back. So what are maybe some of the specific tools or resources or like guidance you received that helped you narrow it down in a way that you could actually begin putting your action steps in place? Yeah, so that's a great question. So initially, you know, when we started this organization about a year and a half, two years ago, we were bought into the idea that social entrepreneurship equals heroism. You constantly see narratives where people are starting something new, where they're living in their mother's basement for three years and where they create an invention, you know, that can change the face of the world. And ultimately, you see these narratives play into you. And at least for me, it felt like, you know, that's something that I needed to be bought into. Um, So when we came up with our vision first, you know, we honestly had no idea what we were doing. We felt a challenge. We didn't know what the challenge was. And that was our red flag. That should have been a huge red flag for us, especially because, you know, if you if there is no challenge that, you know, is in the social impact space that you feel is a pressing challenge, like a hair on fire challenge, then chances are you don't need to create a social organization in order to solve that challenge. You know, there's nothing to solve. So, I mean, my advice for um, an aspiring change maker, especially if, you know, they're looking to be a social entrepreneur, 
is that if you found a challenge that needs help solving, don't jump into creating something new right away. Um, start with doing some research, research and, you know, see who's already working to help solve that challenge. I mean, chances are you'll find someone. Um, if there's no one else doing what you're doing, that's great. I mean, make sure you're actually solving the challenge. Um, and you do that through, you know, interviewing people, talking to people who you think will be your target customers, making sure that you're seeing a similar challenge so you can validate your hypothesis. Um, and once you do that, you'll start seeing patterns that you didn't even think of after you interviewed those people and you'll have some data under your belt. Um, so then once you do, that's when you can, you know, put your idea to paper I and mean, you'll be light years ahead if you do these steps. I wish we did this when we first started. And it may seem a little hypocritical for me to say, you know, don't start something new when we've started something new. Um, and ultimately, I mean, a year, year and a half ago, um, may had not have been the right timeline of when we, you know, first started this organization, we should have had a clear challenge that people were facing. But then when we did these interviews, that's when we started the, to see the challenge more tangibly. Um, and that's when we saw that we really had a real challenge. We could have cut down six months of time, but at the same time, you know, we started seeing the problem of accessibility. And for those who have seen that someone else is already working to solve the challenge that they found, that's actually great news. You know, it's where you can reach out to them, work for them, volunteer for them. Um, and for the most part, they can use your ideas and skills to grow their organization um, too much of the space, you know, fetishizes the social entrepreneur as a hero type figure. If your vision is too idealistic, that should be a red flag to you. If you're saying everyone is your customer, stop and start thinking a little bit about organizations that are already in the space. Join them, make it better through your ideas. And I don't know, sometimes you can be more of a hero if you can change the system from within. I love that you highlighted um, this idea of like, which is basic, but like talking to people. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of coaching with like aspiring um, nonprofit founders and social entrepreneurs. And you'd be surprised how many people I, I talk to that are kind of like building their solutions in isolation. And I'm always like, okay, you know, this is, it seems like a great idea. And I definitely see where, you know, the problem is that you're looking to solve, but, you know, have you spoken to anyone who could be a potential beneficiary of this or stakeholder? And it's like, well, no, I just want to create this thing. And it's like, but we, we, you know, for, for social solutions, we can't do those things in isolation. Like those in, right. and it's known in the business world too, like, you have to do like the market research and you have to validate your assumptions and understand the problem from multiple vantage points. And it's the same in the social impact space. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, you know, these, it's great that there are so many sites like Wix and WordPress and um, they're trying to make, you know, creating a website more accessible, you know, and it's helped us loads definitely, but it also comes with the challenge of oversaturating the market, duplicating your resources, and ultimately this can, you know, reduce the overall social impact that we're making. Um, I saw I was listening to a podcast the other day, and there was um, a presenter that said that you know there's so much of an interest in creating new things, 
um, where he talked about an example of a veteran serving organization where there are currently over 40,000 veteran serving organizations in the nation. Um, and he highlighted that, I mean, did we last check? Do veterans have 40,000 different challenges? Is there a way that these organizations can collaborate and even reduced and reduce like to half the size um, of, of organizations that we need to help solve these challenges? Why is there such a stress on creating something new? Um, it's just the rhetoric that, you know, we've heard over and over again. And it's only it's only catalyzing these days. You know, as we're thinking about the things that you're talking about, as far as creating change and solving problems and, you know, really trying to understand who we're appealing to and understanding the the market in, in and of itself, who are the people that are already working on these things. I think that something else that you mentioned as we were talking kind of comes into play was this idea of being able to kind of step outside of our own perspectives and really understand more about what's happening and how we can be a part of something a little bit bigger, a little bit greater. And mm -hmm. I think one of the ways that 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 becomes possible is also by getting like other sets of eyes on what you're looking to do, like via mentors and like mentorship and um, getting under like the tutelage of people who are in the space that you're looking to enter um, and can help to potentially guide you. I know that you said that, hey, if we would have taken this different approach with the way that we created our, our um, impact, we could have potentially saved six months. And sometimes I think because um, we can be a little bit hesitant sometimes to ask for help right away, or we wait till we hit a roadblock and then we ask, then we don't realize how much um, time we could have, you know, reallocated to doing more, you know, mission centered things or mission critical sorts of things. So I know that you mentioned being a part of like an accelerator. So can you talk a little bit about that experience and how you think that has helped you um, to be able to create opportunities to collaborate with others and learn actually from the, the space and the market itself? Yes, absolutely. So our first accelerator that we participated in was just a two-week sprint, pretty much. I was a master's student at George Washington University, and I came across this i program at GW. Um, and essentially, it was like a two-week sprint where we had to interview 20 people um, that we knew or connections that we made. And through these interviews, we were supposed to, you know, find patterns, test our hypotheses, um, validate them, reject them, all of that. Coming into it, we had thought, you know, oh, we've got a solid idea. You know, there's nothing that can break this. Um, ultimately, you know, we're going to make like $10 million right off the bat. You know, this is too good of an idea. And we talk to 20 people and we're like, oh, wow, we have to go back to the drawing board and ultimately start from scratch because we were able to, through that experience, we had, um, they really much stressed the social business, business model canvas um, through that experience and that canvas um, 
is where you know you can test what your value proposition is what you think your value proposition is the customers in your network um the various medians you're going to use to connect with them and literally we had especially for the customers i remember this we had around 12 customers that we thought and those buckets of customers ended up being huge like one bucket said students you know and it didn't talk about students you know um majors or whether they were undergraduate or graduate students where they were located what their interests were nothing it just said students and then through the program and through the mentorship that we received through that program we were able to you know speak a little bit more about okay we have to start thinking about the details and where we can find our target market and ultimately we deleted over 80 percent um, of, of that target customer and we pared it down um, so we could you know make our marketing make our products a lot more strategic moving forward but mentorship was key in that and luckily we received it through our university a lot of entrepreneurs don't but finding that um, initially whether informally or even formally through a board of advisors is very critical whether you're a for-profit or a nonprofit organization I would say that that piece definitely spans the gamut of of for profit, nonprofit, you know, whatever it is that you're looking to create. Like find someone who's been there or who has um, knowledge of the sector that can that can guide you um, that can guide you to success. And and sometimes you know we get we feel a little bit prideful or feel like you know we we want to kind of go at it on our own. But I mean, there's like it's kind of two ways that that works against us. One, it it doesn't allow us to to um, complete our process kind of in like an, with an optimal timeline, you know, we make a lot of costly mistakes. It takes a lot of time um, to create. We might, like you said, have to go back to the drawing board and really reconfigure what it is that we want to do. And then also those who are on the receiving end of that potential impact are, you know, kind of waiting for us to get it all figured out. So I think there's something to be said for being able to call in those resources and kind of taking that path of least resistance to, to getting our ideas, you know, up and going and, you know, successfully and sustainably without a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of those mistakes that can cost us time and money and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and speaking of money, <laughs> this is a, a thing that we like to ask all of our guests about because it, you know, it's important and there are a lot of ways that um, money can be a, you know, a, a friend or a foe, depending on, you know, how much or how little of it you have. So how is it that you're able to leverage that platform to, to make money, to, to make it sustainable, but then also to be able to live your life and pay your bills and all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So we are for profit. Um, and we ultimately are for profit because it makes us more independent. Um, and ultimately it plays a little bit to our strengths. Um, so we have people who are in more like the technical side on our team as well. And we're very product based. So we're working on pushing our products forward at the forefront of what we do. And right now our platform is open source. You know, anyone can use it. It's free of cost. Um, and we're working on, you know, increasing our user base. So once we have our user base around 5,000 th- 5, um, active members, then we're planning on releasing our very own social impact job portal. 
ultimately finding talent in the social enterprise um, arena is extremely difficult um, for social entrepreneurs specifically because you not only have to find talented individuals, but you also have to find individuals who are passionate about making a social impact. So it's a niche within a niche. So our revenue generating product is going to be our job portal where organizations will pay per job post um, on our website. And we're different than others in that you know, we've already created the database, we have the community, we have like-minded people, and they're contributing in more ways than one. You know, we're not only going to be a job portal, but we're going to keep our other products alive and, you know, get people to contribute in that way. And for those who are looking for opportunities, they can look for opportunities on our on our actual job job portal. But that's that's what we're planning for now. I think you guys have found a really cool way to combine a, you know, solving a a problem and fulfilling a need for people who are both looking for these sorts of like social impact jobs, as well as those who are looking for people to fill those positions. So I think it's awesome. I love that I had the chance to talk to you today. We could probably go for another half an hour if we wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) But just as a just as kind of um, closing out with you, how can we get signed up and get involved and how can we follow um, the work that you and your team are doing? Yeah, you can find Impaction at www.myimpaction.com. We also just launched an Instagram, Humans Inspiring Impact. It's kind of a play on um, Humans of New York where we tell narratives around people making a positive difference. So you can find people in our community that are speaking directly to you through our Instagram We are also closing up a project with our partner, uh, Culture Media Co., where we are publishing our own magazine. It's a play on Forbes 30 Under 30, but this is 25 Under 25, where we feature 25 young social entrepreneurs who are making the world a better place. To check us out, just go on our website if you want to contact us directly you can contact us at info at myimpaction.com. And yeah, ultimately, we just encourage people to start small, but to start somewhere. So I hope you guys start with us. and We would love to hear from you. And we, again, echo what Shivani said and encourage all of our listeners to go check out Impaction. Sign up, create a profile, and, and find ways that you can, very tangible and actionable ways that you can start giving back in your community. And we will also include all of Shivani's information in the show notes so that you can quickly access all of the platforms where you can find her and her team's incredible work. So Shivani, thank you again for being on People Making Things Better. It was an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. And I am so excited to continue to follow Impaction and see all the great things that you guys are going to do. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time.